What's going on, FCS football fans? This is the FCS Opening Drive Podcast, presented by Football Game Plan and the Connecticut School of Broadcasting. I am David Hassigan. With me, as always, via satellite, the czar of the playbook, Emery Hunt. Emery, how are you today? <laughs> What's going on, Dave, man? Appreciate you uh, chiming in and, and letting everybody know I'm, I'm remote right now. That only means that you're working hard. Emery is out there. I mean, if you watch the video, folks, he's always at Giants camp. He's out there. He's working hard every day for you, the fans, and to reply to your ridiculous takes on some subjects in terms of the NFL and college football. Folks, this is the 2019 SoCon preview show here on the FCS opening drive. If you want to listen back to any of our previous podcasts, we've gone all the way from the big sky all the way to the Patriot League. You can find those on SoundCloud and iTunes. Just go to Football Game Plan in the podcast section, and you can listen to them all there. Also, go to footballgameplan.com and youtube.com slash footballgameplan, where Emery will have all of your football questions answered with his preview videos, as well as the incoming freshman classes. We've got videos coming in on that for all of the FCS schools and all the FCS conferences. Be sure to check those out. There's a new book coming out as well on the go-go offense that you can pre-order at footballgameplan.com. And, of course, you can follow us on Twitter at FBallGamePlan for Emery and at David underscore Hassagan for myself. Emery, let's get into the SoCon and let's take a look at last year. Really kind of a wild year in the SoCon, and it started with a very good year, a good first season for Randy Sanders at East Tennessee State, who went from kind of a mediocre team in 2017 to eight and four six and two in conference play last year in the socon really came out of nowhere to surprise a lot of people yeah and and well they came out of nowhere to surprise maybe you and others <laughs> and I non, knew non-believers non-believers but now nah, all jokes aside you're right they did come out of i don't want to say come out of nowhere but when you have a new program and you it's, it's kind of like what we saw with kennesaw state and programs like that when you're building and have that extra year of depth because you redshirted an entire class and you're building in the right direction, stockpiling talent, depth, the, the message is the same. And so we saw this kind of sort of bubble up. Um, and Coach Sanders walked into an ideal situation because uh, Torbush left that program in great hands uh, with how he recruited and how he developed those guys. So the, now that the foundation was laid, Coach Sanders was able to build on that, and I'm excited to see what he can do in year two. Last year was a kind of a crazy year in the SoCon, really a, a four-team race. You had, obviously, uh, Samford, who was coming off the back of the best player in college football, and Devlin Hodges. Uh, Furman was right there. Wa- East Tennessee was right there. But Wofford just barely holds on again at 9-4 and four is where they finished the year after the playoffs and 6-2 and two in the conference play. Wofford just keeps holding on to that conference. You have to wonder if it's going to start slipping out of their grasp. It's hard. It's hard to say that because Wofford seems to be one of the most consistent teams in the FCS. And, you yeah. know, they're, they're, you, you look at Wofford in the same vein as you look at your Alabamas, your, you know, Navy up until the last two seasons maybe, but Navy, Army recently. You know, you look at those teams as, man, they're never terrible. They all, no matter how many people they lose, they always replenish. And the areas where they've lost a lot of talent, the next up and coming talent is just as good as the talent that vacated. So I'm never worried about Wofford as far as the losses, 
because I know Wofford will always be Wofford, partly because of how they run their offense, which, again, it, you're going to get a lot of guys reps uh, throughout the course of a season. Therefore, guys that are coming in that may be replacing guys that have vacated are hella experienced. So it's not like they're replacing guys with freshmen. They're replacing guys with mm. guys that have had a ton of experience uh, playing in the SoCon. Let's talk about one of those guys that came out of the SoCon that's now at the next level, and that is Devlin Hodges. I mean, you're talking about one of the most incredible careers in the history of college football, never mind Stanford University, the FCS, the SoCon, college football. I mean, he's now tearing it up with the uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, he's at the next level. But when you throw for over 14,000 yards and over a hun- and 111 touchdowns over four years, You've done something incredible. Get Devlin Hodges is going to be near impossible to replace for Sanford this year, but what an incredible career. Oh, man, he had a fantastic career, you know, and also really capped that off by having a very good Tropical Bowl game down in Daytona Beach where I was the color analyst on that game. Uh, and he had a really good week of work. And I was like, man, this guy has some Baker Mayfield-type elements in his game. You know, he's scrappy. Mm. He's a fiery guy. He's going to try to fit it in there. Um, there's not a throw on the field that he feels as though he can't make. And you like that. And that's what got him through um, these rookie tryouts. He was up here with the Giants for the rookie tryout, ended up making the Steelers. And, you know, he threw a touchdown this past weekend in, in the ball game uh, against the Bucks. So excited to see his progress. I know Kelvin McKnight is another one that's out there in the league uh, doing yep. his thing, causing problems out there in Denver. Um, you know, so the Hodges McKnight connection, we don't get to see that anymore in the FCS, but it's good that we get to see it on Sunday. And also when you break Steve McNair's passing record that stood since 1994, (laughs) you've done something. You've done something right. I mean, three times offensive player of the year in the SOCON Walter Payton award winner last year. And as you said, breaking a record that stood since the nineties by Steve McNair, who was easily one of the best college players in history. That says something. So good luck to Devlin Hodges out in Pittsburgh. Who knows? Maybe he's the heir apparent to Ben Roethlisberger. They, they, Pittsburgh seems to have a thing with small school quarterbacks uh, going into the leading them to success. Uh, let's talk about some of the players that will be back, though, in the SoCon, Emory. And let's start uh, on the offensive side of the ball. I'm going to go off the beaten track, though, for mine. I'm going to start with Reese Yudinski, the quarterback from VMI. Now, why in the world would I talk about a quarterback for a team that was 1-10 in 0-8 in conference? Well, he threw for 3,066 yards, 20 touchdowns last year for the Key Dets. Uh, He attempted 523 passes. The only problem was he had 16 interceptions. Now, obviously, he was only a sophomore going into his junior season. Hopefully, that improves. But the kid can sling it. And all of a sudden, the Key Dets are not just your typical military school running the option offense. They run and gun. So keep an eye on Udinsky for this season. And the fact of the matter is, you know, they were breaking in a new offense a new way of playing offensive football. Yep. Um, they wanted to throw the football a lot, work touchdown to check down. Yeah, you're going to have your mistakes because they went 1-10, 0-8 yeah. in a SOCON. However, because of that, you now have 10 returning starters on offense. If you want to, if you were a gambling man and wanted to take the odds that BMI would be vastly mm-hmm. improved on offense this year, you would take that bet right away. Mm-hmm. Because, again, all that experience coming back, second year in this new offense, a lot more confidence. They could find where they had the success and build on that. I think VMI is is, is going to be a team that people are going to look at and be like, wow, you know, that, that team really got better 
in the offseason, despite what their record said. Because you saw VMI last year working through that new offense, that new uh, philosophy. I think this year they'll be a little bit more cohesive as a group. Uh, you would expect them to be 10 returning starters on offense in mm-hmm. that passing offense. I think they'll be much improved this year. Who do you have on the offensive side of the ball, Emory? Any, any players that we should keep an eye on? Nick Tiano, the quarterback for Chattanooga, and Tyree Adams, the quarterback for Western Carolina. I think those two guys, the reason why I pair them together, um, because those two teams, I believe, will live and die by the play of their quarterbacks. Mm. And they just so happen to have two tremendous talents at quarterback. Tyree Adams is the best dual-threat quarterback in this conference. And so we saw him a couple of seasons ago almost spearhead this team into the playoffs, you know, by himself. And I think this year, as a senior, has a chance to put a nice bow on his career. A lot of great work he's done out there for the Catamounts. So I'm excited to see him finish his career on on a positive note. Tiano is a guy that that inherits a a very good team at Chattanooga. They seem Mm. to always be stocked with talent. New coaching staff that's coming in, uh, revolving door the last three years uh, at Chattanooga. But overall, talent has still never been the issue for the Mox. And those two guys could really help make this season a special one for both of their respective universities. I'm going to move to the defensive side of the ball with my next player to watch, and that is at Furman University. Uh, Adrian Hope, the linebacker, is going into his sophomore season. Last year as a freshman, didn't have a ton of actual tackles, but it was what he did in terms of special plays on defense. 15 sacks, 16 and a half tackles for loss, and five forced fumbles as a freshman. Adrian Hope's going to be a big part of that pallet of defense. I would not want to be in their way. Absolutely not. And sticking with the defensive side of the ball, going back to Chattanooga, Marshall Cooper, uh, the linebacker, I think is going to be a phenomenal player this year. And speaking of the word player, Nasir mm-hmm. player, defensive end, East Tennessee State. Uh, well played. Year, yeah, you see me, right? I'm, I, it's called practice. <laughs> I'm a pro at this. Last year, was a, it was a point of attack for East, East Tennessee State, which is why they were able to get to the playoffs. They dominated along the offensive line and defensive line. Player is a guy that's going to be looked at positively by the next level. Um, so that's one player that's going to have scouts coming to East Tennessee to keep an eye on him. And if they can perform in some of the big games they got on the schedule, you know, we're, we're talking about a guy that could sneak into the back end of the draft. Absolutely. And one other guy I want to keep an eye on, too, is Tyree Robinson, uh, the junior um, from East Tennessee State. 71 tackles last year, six interceptions, kind of a do-everything player on defense for the Bucs. Uh, certainly going to be a player to watch for them as well. A lot of defensive talent, I think, could be coming out of the SOCON in 2019. Uh, again, folks, this is the 2019 SOCON preview here on the FCS Opening Drive podcast uh, presented by Football Game Plan. Let's move forward now into 2019, Emory. And you mentioned it. Uh, quickly there in the last segment a new coach and the only new coach in the conference is at Chattanooga Rusty Wright takes over the reins for the mocks and Rusty Wright you talk about a guy who's a journeyman Uh, he's been just about everywhere in terms of his coaching career he's been an assistant at Butler Gardner Webb Furman Miami of Ohio Georgia State Uh, he's all over the place now he takes over the reins at Chattanooga Brings a lot of experience to the job from a lot of different places. You're right. He's been well-traveled. Um, got a lot of coaching gear, you know, in his closet. I wouldn't be keeping an eye on um, Mercer. 
One of my favorite coaches in college football is Bobby Lamb. Um, True. You know, he's a he's an outstanding guy, outstanding coach. And I know I've been saying this for like the past, what, uh, four seasons? That Mercer is going to break through. And I'm, <laughs> I, I feel it this year, even though they replaced some guys. I know, uh, you know, Coach Lamb does a great job of recruiting. They've built a really good program. We talked about East Tennessee State building their program. Yeah. Mercer has done the same thing. Um, I know you were just talking about the new coaching uh, staffs in, in, in the conference. We only have the one new coach. But just looking forward, I think Mercer is one of those teams that I, I will be definitely keeping an eye on uh, for this upcoming season as potentially having a breakthrough year for the fifth year in a row. Mercer certainly <laughs> breakthrough year for the fifth year running. Yes, that's, that's going to go. I'm on it. I'm on <laughs> it because when it happens, guess who's going to say it? I told you so. <laughs> Mercer certainly getting some uh, more respect in the coaches poll. They were uh, fifth in the coaches poll and uh, fourth in the media poll, actually, uh, for the SoCon, right around the same area as Chattanooga as well. So Wofford and Furman and East Tennessee State seem to be the consensus top three. But as we learned from last year's SoCon, the preseason rankings really don't matter. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, some of the things to watch for this year. Last year was a wild, wild conference. I mean, it was all over the place. We were wondering who was going to take those bids right down to the final week. I'm wondering if this is even going to be a wilder conference this year round. Because Sanford, I think we can agree, is probably going to drop off with Hodges not there. Um, but Wofford is always solid. Furman could be back up there. East Tennessee State, I think, will be good. And you mentioned Mercer. Them and Chattanooga, I think, could be a real underdog, a real dark horse to possibly win this conference. It's going to be exciting to watch. Sanford is going to be the biggest thing to watch, man, because you lose Devlin Hodges. You lose that offense. Uh, we got kind of used to seeing Hodges out there. You know, we've seen the receivers yeah. cycle through, but Hodges was the mainstay. And not only just Hodges, but they also lose Ahmad Gooden, one of the best yeah. defensive players in the FCS. So what to watch this year, very high on that list, Sanford, how well they, they are on offense. And how well will they play on defense? You know, I know people are predicting them probably be on the back end of this league. Yeah. But I, I just don't I don't see a team that was that talented. Yes, they lose a couple of key pieces, big time pieces, program changers in there, you know, on offense and defense. But I don't see them being super terrible. I, I don't see where that is. That thought is coming from. So that's one thing I would also keep an eye on. I think something else to watch on. You mentioned it before is Western Carolina not getting any respect in any of the polling places uh, in the, in terms of the conference. But you mentioned Tyree Adams. He's a special player, dual-threat quarterback, uh, had almost 200 carries last year along with his 16 touchdown passes. Western Carolina is used, usually a power in this league and usually in the top. It'll be interesting to see how they recover from really a down year last year, and they've got a big chip on their shoulder with a lot of bulletin board material in terms of the polling going into the season. I want to keep an eye on the Catamounts. I'm watching Wofford's defense, and some may see this as a hot take. Ooh. But Wofford's defense, if you thought you loved what you saw last year from Colgate, I'm not saying that they're going to be five points a game like Colgate. But this defense for Wofford, to me, is strong. And I think their defense will be top eight in the FCS when it's all said and done. See, you talked about Wofford. I'm going to talk about Wofford as well here. There's a ghost that Wofford can't dismiss. It's kind of like their white whale that they can't really get a harpoon into, and that's getting past 
the quarterfinals in the postseason. I don't think anybody's going to doubt that Wofford's going to make the postseason again, but they've lost in the last three years in the quarterfinals. They cannot get back to the semis. Is this the year that Wofford finally gets into those last four and proves themselves on the national stage where they've been so close to getting there? And I think one thing I want to watch as well is Chattanooga. A lot of people thinking them as a dark horse. Can they build on the success from last year? That's what I want to see under a new head coach in Rusty Wright. What games are you looking for? I'm sorry, go ahead, Henry. The Citadel, offensively, is very similar to Wofford. So that's a given. True. I think the turnaround this year is going to be on the defensive side of the ball. Mm. As good as I believe Wofford is going to be defensively top eight in the FCS, the Citadel, with their new, they they brought in some new coaches on that side of the ball. I believe the balance there is going to help them get back to what they were a couple of seasons ago. Remember, this was a team that a lot of people, myself included, thought was going to go deep into the playoffs. They they thought, and we all thought, they were going to have that Kennesaw State type run yeah. uh, through the playoffs. You know, and I think this year the Citadel, which has been you know a prominent program in the FCS, consistent program in the SoCon. Yes, they had a losing season last year. I think the you know, one prediction I can give out there, they're going to have a winning season again. Uh, you can put that down and book it. This is not Ooh. a bad football team. Defensively, I think they're going to be much better, which will then help them close out games better than their offense usually does. I think the Citadel is on, on, the, on the rise in 2019. Yeah, Tony Grantham taking over the defense in his first season uh, with the Bulldogs. Brent Thompson uh, taking over there in his fourth year uh, with the Citadel. Let's get into the schedules, Emery. I've got a really good one right off the bat in week zero, if you want to call it that. Samford at home taking on Youngstown State. Again, you talk about two teams. Youngstown wants to bounce back. A lot of questions about Samford and their offense. This is going to be a massive game for both programs as they try to establish themselves going forward in 2019. I just made the case for the Citadel. They open up with a great chance to get revenge, but also to prove how far they've come defensively, and that's against Towson August 31st. That's going to be a big game. Uh, that One of those fly-underneath-the-radar type games, because I like the Citadel's schedule. It's a, it's a chance for them to prove it. You know, they they open up at Towson. That's going to be the big one, in my opinion. Then they go yep. to Elon, and then they have Georgia Tech, who's transitioning to a new offense. So yep. the Citadel has a chance to get off to a great start, and I think the game against Towson can set the tone for the rest of their season. Interesting game in week two. You talked about Chattanooga, maybe them being a dark horse. They're going to have a chance to prove how good they actually are in week two when they travel to Jacksonville State. Perennially ranked program, dominant program over the last couple seasons. If Chattanooga wants to get back to where they were about 10 or 15 years ago, this is a game they're going to have to be at least competitive in, in if not win it. Very interesting game to watch there in early on in the season. August 31st, Wofford at South Carolina State. Listen, I was on the broadcast for two South Carolina State games last year, one versus Howard, the other versus Morgan State. Right. South Carolina State's defense with Paul McKeever at the defensive tackle position, they're going to be a problem. South Carolina State's offensive line under head coach Buddy Pugh is always a problem. So the line of scrimmage play in that one will make things very interesting. Wofford cannot sleepwalk in that opener against South Carolina State. Interesting one game for me at the end of September. East Tennessee State is at home against Austin P. The, the infamous Austin P that we've 
been going on about for the last two years and their incredible rise. They're looking to bounce back from what was a subpar season. Well, it would have been a great season about five years ago. After, after two years ago, it was kind of a eh, whatever, for Austin P. But East Tennessee State, again, this is you talk about trap games in the out-of-conference schedule. This is going to be one for the Buccaneers. I think they really need to prove themselves against a team like Austin P to prove that they are, again, a contender in the SOCON. September 7th, Furman at Georgia State. Furman mm. is a team that we don't talk about enough. You know, Coach um, Hendricks has done a great job with that program. They were, what, 6-4 and four last year? 6-2 and two in conference play? Yep. So? Hey, listen, <laughs> if there's an opportunity, we've seen teams upset Georgia State. And shout out yep. to the Panthers for what they've been able to do for, for their program with the new stadium and all that good stuff like that. But they're primed for an upset. Furman, they opened up against Charleston Southern. I'm not overlooking the Bucks and Archie Denson and what he's going to do there in his first season. However, when you look at this game, I think Furman, the Purple Paladins, can put themselves firmly on the map uh, with a big showing down there in Atlanta. See, this is just a little bit of Sunbelt envy here, folks, from the uh, former Raging Cajun. Um, I got a couple of eyes on you because you know I love my military schools. You know I love the uh, the military academies. I got two to watch here in this conference this year. First of all, the annual game between Citadel and VMI. It's at the Citadel this year, the military classic of the South. Always a great affair to watch. But late in the year, November 16th, VMI travels up north to our neck of the woods, Emory, to take on Army. We've talked a lot about the Army Black Knights off the air here. And if they they could be going into this game potentially at 10-0 or 11-0. 10 and 10-0 going into this game with VMI. But you're talking about two completely opposite ends of the spectrum. In terms of offense, Army with the triple option, traditional triple option, VMI airing out the ball could be a very interesting contest up at West Point at the end of the season. Hot take time. And that's a great tease that you led with because when you look at VMI, you look at how close they came to winning, what, five games last year? So many games. So many so games. Bad. Right. And they were putting up 30 points here, 50 points there. VMI will have a winning season this year. That's my hot take. See, and I'm, you're, you're stealing I'm, my hot takes here. I'm telling you why, though, because <laughs> they will be much better defensively. Not because of their offense. The offense is a given. Defensively, yeah. they'll be much better. Therefore, they'll get those stops, create a turnover or two, and their offense will be as good as it was last year, putting up points. Defensively, they get better. It'll translate into wins. VMI has a winning season. That's my hot take. You talk about VMI. You look at their schedule last year. They only lost to East Tennessee State by three. Western Carolina by two, 10 points down to Mercer, and only lost to the Citadel by by two points. So VMI certainly on the come up potentially to make a big impact in Lexington, Virginia. Uh, my hot take is going to be, well, you kind of took part of my hot take and that's VMI. I do think they are going to have a winning season, not just in conference, but overall, I think VMI is going to finish there. But for me, I'm going to go, I'm going to, I'm going to take a little sip of your Kool-Aid there, Emery. And I'm going to say that Mercer will finish with at least seven wins in 2019, and I think they're going to get a berth into the playoffs. Mercer, I think this might be the year. You, you, might, you might actually convince me this time. I'm telling you, man, Mercer, <laughs> they, they have been building a lot, man. 
Like Mercer is Mercer is a good program. Coach Lamb does a great job down there making Georgia. And, and folks, of course, you can. Emory was actually down in Macon and talked to Coach Lamb personally. That video is up on footballgameplan.com if you look for Talking Ball with the Czar. Always great interviews, great insight uh, with the college coaches all around the country at all levels. Folks, that's going to do it here for the SoCon preview show uh, here for 2019. It's certainly going to be another weird and wacky season in the SoCon, to be sure. Uh, Every we're not just on SoundCloud and iTunes, are we? we? We've got some other ways for fans to watch what we do and kind of get some access to us. So where, where can we? Where can those fans find that? Well, they can find us on television on the Game Plus Network and check your lo- local listings for for channel listings. Uh, it's called the Football Game Plan Show every Thursday and Friday at 6:30 p.m. Eastern Time. So it's a great growth opportunity for us this past year. What a way to to really kick off the season with a TV show, a cable TV show, the number one media market. Yeah. That's pretty awesome. And again, you talked about it earlier. Go to footballgameplan.com slash go go offense and pre-order that book that comes out August 25th. And folks, we we certainly want to thank you for that as well. The opportunity that uh, you everybody listening and watching the videos and stuff like that. The opportunities we've been getting is all because of all of you uh, listening and watching out there from wherever you are uh, around this country. So we certainly appreciate that again, folks, if you want to listen back on any of our podcasts uh, in terms of the 2019 previews, we have gone in order. We started with the big sky. We've gone all the way through now to the SOCON. So everywhere in between the CAA, the Missouri Valley, the Ivy league, whatever league you follow, whatever, alumni you are for whatever conference if you haven't come out yet there's only two more to go so there won't be many of you left out there that haven't heard about your uh your school your alma mater those are coming up next t- podcast coming out we're gonna have to get uh i'm gonna get the uh six shooters out emery and the uh, the cowboy boots because we're going to the wild wild west that is the southland conference uh that'll be the next podcast out and then we will follow that up the final podcast before our big preview show and that is the swack conference uh, those two podcasts will be coming out soon. Again, if you want to listen to any of the others, SoundCloud or iTunes, search Football Game Plan in the podcast section. Uh, for myself and Emery Hunt, thanks for listening in, and we'll see you in the next one.